Season 2, Episode 54, Subpart 8 of Episode 54, uh, The Sermon on the Mount. Part 8 is the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the end of uh, an introduction lesson and then eight uh, subpart lessons. And this subpart 8, the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the the lesson of personal righteousness driven home by powerful parables. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, where we're going to start, review a little bit. And we're in part 7, which covers the great Galilean ministry, which is uh, possibly the first half in, in time-wise. But the concentration of the Gospel writers is on the last year and a half of Christ's ministry as opposed to the beginning. Uh, John is only the one, the only one gospel writer that covers the what uh, A.T. Robertson calls the year of obscurity. So, all right, uh, this podcast is based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students' Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's Schofield Reference Bible, uh, copyright 1909. All right, so open your Bible to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And the first uh, few verses are going to sound familiar because I just love Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And it's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He, he went up to Capernaum. Uh, he spoke on the Sea of the Shore, the shore of Ga- on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, went up into a mountain, prayed all night, came down. Uh, chose 12 of his disciples to be apostles and then the crowd went down and the crowd met him and he was on a plateau if you will uh, above Capernaum which isn't hard to do uh, in that area to be higher than Capernaum which is below sea level but anyway um, so he he was up all night and he did this uh, Sermon on the Mount which if you read it, it would definitely take less than an hour. It's taken A.T. Robertson's technically uh, nine episodes if you count the introduction, uh, and then uh, eight episodes. And we're on episode eight. Okay, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven: Ask and it shall be given you; seek and ye shall find; knock and it shall be opened unto you. Got to go back. Uh, 49 years ago, I was a senior in high school. Well, I was a junior. No, I was a senior in high school. Uh, is I, maybe I was a junior. Anyway, um, Kirk Post told me, uh, if anybody talks to you about Jesus, you know, just ask them this question. How can Jesus be the answer when there's a whole world that doesn't believe in him? And that's why John 3.16 meant so much to me. For God so loved the world. He loves all these people that, these good people that Kirk Post is using as basically a shield to debunk the gospel of the grace of God, which I think is amazing, an amazing grace. For God so loved the world, you could stop right there, so loved the world that he gave, free gift, his only begotten son, that whosoever, I mean, I, I intellectually, I stopped right there. I said, okay, I've heard enough. It's a gift. It's a free gift with no strings attached, and it's offered to whosoever. Sounds good to me. So I talk to whosoever. 
talked to a guy that came by that wanted to put on a new roof and wanted me to borrow a bunch of money is what he wanted. But anyway, uh, but I got to talk to him about the Lord, and it was really, really good. And uh, anyway, gospel of the grace of God, easy to talk about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Ask, and it shall be given you. Ask for eternal life, and it will be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Seek eternal life, and you shall find it. I didn't know I was seeking 49 years ago, this November, but I was. And I'm going to start getting a cough drop because I can feel a cough coming on. But, um, okay, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The gates of heaven will be opened unto you. You will have eternal life. I have eternal life. I've had eternal life for the last almost 49 years. And it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And he that knocketh it shall be opened. Sounds pretty good to me. Sounds like a great God. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son ask bread, will give him a stone? I want to take a point, take a moment here. He's talking to a lot of people, and I would classify him into four groups. There, first of all, there's two groups, and each of those two groups are divided into two groups. That makes four groups. First group, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, like I did almost 49 years ago. I, I believed it was a gift. The girl said as I was leaving the building, she said, if, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And I just, that just put it all together for me. I thought about what she said. And I said, you're right. I'm going to heaven when I die. And I've felt that way nonstop for the last almost 50 years. What man is there of you that... Of, so it's talking to believers that want to serve the Lord, which I haven't always been a believer that wanted to serve the Lord. I'm not going to go over my entire history for the last 49 years, but I haven't always wanted to serve the Lord. But I do now. And so it's written to Christians that want to serve the Lord uh, to, a, to a high degree. I, I don't want to say everything. I don't know anybody that totally serves the Lord 24-7. But then there are varying degrees of service down to the guy that saved yet so as by fire. He has no good works in the judgment of fire. When the fire burns up the wood hand stubble and there's no gold, silver, or precious stones left. He will not hear well done my good and faithful servant at the great uh, the judgment seat of Christ, which could come today. I was talking to that guy in my front yard today over a fence and I said he could come today. I'll be taken up. You'll be left behind. But no, I didn't say that. But uh, the next thing on the on the uh, eschatological front, the study of the end times, is the rapture. And I don't think there has to be anything that happens before the rapture. I, I believe in imminence. Could happen at any moment. And I think the gospel writers believed in imminence. In, 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 <laughs> imminence. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so, okay, you got two groups. <laughs> you got those that have trusted Christ knows them. Of, of the, I'll make it simple. Of the group that have trusted, you got 
some that mostly want to serve the Lord. You got of the group that have trusted Christ, you got a group that don't want to serve the Lord at all because of persecution, because of uh, the cares of this world. They said, no thanks. They're going to be saved, but they're going to miss out on reward. But again, they're saved. Now you got two kinds of lost people. You got um, basically the lost people haven't, the people that haven't trusted Christ as their Savior are, are what I refer to as lost. I probably should refer to them. There is another group of people who haven't trusted Christ. There's a group that, of people that have trusted Christ, of which I'm a part. And there's a group that hasn't trusted Christ. And they vary in degrees of, of wickedness, which they will answer for at the great white throne. So I guess we'll just leave it at that. But here he's saying a man, which man of you, in verse 9, or what man is there of you who, whom son asked for bread and will give him a stone? He's talking to believers now. And I think he's talking to hungry believers. As the apostolic period after the death of Christ for approximately 40 years, they got pretty hungry until they got driven out of um, New Testament Israel altogether and spread out throughout all the world and come back until 1948. Out gone for almost approximately 2,000 years. But, you know, and he's encouraging believers that their Heavenly Father is going to take care of them. And he's also talking to not just the apostolic Jewish believers, but he's talking to the 144,000 and other Jewish believers and uh, Gentile believers during the tribulation. And they're defined in two ways. Those that helped the 144,000 did it on the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And those that didn't help the 144,000. But it's, that's not why they go to heaven. The believers helped them. The unbelievers didn't. Verse 10. Or what if he ask a fish? Will he give him a serpent? If you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Okay, he's talking to people whose Father is in heaven. Believers. Some that want to serve the Lord, some that don't. All of them would like to eat. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do even to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That's the whole Bible. The whole Bible, what are the great commandments? What is the great commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You want to serve God, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he wants you to do. Do good works. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need anything. He's got the cattle on a thousand hills. But he would appreciate your, your faith and trusting in him and your respect and honoring him the way you live your life. He would like that. And we'll reward you for it. Okay, verse 13. Ground we haven't already covered. I just thought I'd like to cover some old ground because sometimes I forget what the last lesson was. The golden rule ended with the golden rule. Do unto others, you'd have them do unto you. Verse 13. Enter ye at the straight gate. The word straight is an old English word means narrow, like the Straits of Magellan. Okay, so it's spelled differently, S-T-R-A-I-T, six letters, S-T-R-A-I-T. It's an old English word. It means narrow, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in there. Now we're talking about people who have trusted Christ and people that haven't. 
And trusting Christ is a narrow gate. And I get, I'm going to call them people that haven't trusted Christ as their Savior. Sometimes they say to me, your way is so narrow. Always lead to God. Not according to uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye at the narrow gate. For wide is the gate that, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go therein. Here's the word narrow, verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few that be that find it. Or maybe that, I think the majority of people don't put their faith in Jesus Christ, just based on this verse. Um, I, I still think it's in the billions that are going to occupy the new heaven and the new earth. So it's all the people that ever lived. And... Uh, Anyway, verse 14 does a good job on, on this narrow. Because straight is the way, and straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So when someone says, your way is so narrow, I say, so is breathing oxygen. Try to live without it. It's just ridiculous. God, you, didn't, you should have made a million different ways to be saved instead of just trusting in Christ as your Savior and receiving the free gift of eternal life. I believed it was a free gift. I believed it was offered to whosoever. And what was being offered was eternal life with God forever in heaven. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life. We're talking about eternal life. And few there be that find it. I hope you find it. I hope you put your faith in Jesus Christ. I, I, when I found it, I knew I'd found it. And when that girl said to me, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven, I knew. Done deal. Beware of false prophets. They're out there, folks which come to you in sheep's clothing. And they, they, they dress like believers. They act like believers. The only problem is they have a real hard time sounding like believers. If you listen to what they're saying, not what they're doing and not what they're you know, promoting or whatever. Listen to their doctrine. But are inwardly they are ravening wolves. They're after one thing and one thing only. Money. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly they are ravening wolves. Christians are never called that kind of metaphor, ravening wolves. We are the sheep. Goats don't even describe Christians. Goats are, are the lost and the sheep and the goats. They're the ones that haven't believed. Sheep, that's the, the classification you want. Ye shall know them by their fruits. What are their fruits? Are their fruits their good works? Well, let's take a look. Do men gather grapes of thorns? No. I don't think there's any thorns on grapes. I don't know. I know there are thorns on Persian lime trees. I know that. But anyway, uh, or figs of thistles. Thistles are spiny seed pods as far as I know. It's a way of attaching the seed to an animal that's passing by or your clothes or whatever. And it hangs on until you take it to a new place to grow. But anyway... Um, they copied Velcro after thistles. Verse uh, 17. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, and every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Now, a poisonous tree is not going to have anything but poisonous fruit. 
Okay, there might be a way to, you know, cut away the bad part and stuff like that and not eat it. But anyway, it's talking about agricultural here. Uh, you don't grow fields of poisonous stuff. But the, the corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. I'm going to argue that their fruit here is not what they do, but what they say. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. A good, true, a good tree brings forth good fruit, an evil tree brings forth corrupt fruit, evil fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And he's talking to a bunch of agriculturally uh, knowledgeable people. And he knows that the weeds are gathered together and burned. It's not talking about hell here. Sorry, folks. It explains it right here in, in, in chapter 7. Wherefore, by their fruits you will know them. So by their works, works are easy to fake. Cults are very good at being very friendly, very nice, very whatever, until you join, and then they don't let you leave or whatever. Wherefore, by their fruits are easy to fake. I mean, being nice and whatever, agreeing with everybody, that's easy to fake. You shall know them. What's hard to fake is good doctrine. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So they're going to have, you know, they're going to, they're going to talk the talk, but they're not going to walk the walk. They're not going to, they're not even going to talk the talk if you listen to them. And he quotes some right here. But he that doeth the will of the Father, which is in heaven. I want to skip down to a verse I put at the end because I wasn't—I knew I wanted it, but I wasn't sure where I wanted it at. Okay, John chapter 6. If you'd turn to John chapter 6 real quick. John chapter 6, verse 28. John chapter 6, verse 28. John chapter 6, verse 28. In John chapter 6, verse 28, this is recorded about the same time that these other Gospels are writing what they're writing. Then said the crowd unto Jesus, What shall we do that we might work the works of God. Okay, here's it. Here it is. I'm going to work my way to heaven. What do I do? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. That's what I did. I believed. I like, I like the way Jesus said it in John 5.24. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. I heard the word. I believed on the God of John 3.16, and I got eternal life that night. And I'm not exactly sure when I got it, but I, I know I walked away with it, drove home with it, told my dad, woke up my dad, called my best friend. I think I called Terry that asked me to go to the Bible study. Anyway, all right, so, um, sorry, I I went there. Now I'm out of, I'm out of sequence here, sorry. Um, Okay, let me see if I can find it. Um, okay, um, let me start right here. Verse 13, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that, find, that, that, that go in thereat. You go into the broad way, the broad way, I didn't say this, but I'd like to say it now. The narrow way is Jesus Christ. Every other religion in the world, other than the one I'm presenting to you right here, 
I'm sorry. Oh, it's too narrow. I don't want to believe it. Okay, fine. It's your business. It's your eternity. It's on you. Enter ye at the narrow gate. Wide is the gate. Every other religion teaches do good works and maybe you'll get to heaven. Let's read the rest of John chapter or Matthew chapter 7 and see what it says. Because narrow is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few that be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes and thorns and figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. I'm looking for... Um, that. Okay, well, I can't find it. Verse 18, sorry. I know I'm a terrible reader, so I'm trying to avoid it. But anyway, verse 18. And a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not bringeth not forth good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Every one of you saith unto me, Lord, Lord, not every one of you that saith unto me, not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which sent me. Okay, there's the will. You know, how do you do the will of God? Believe on him and that he has sent. That's the answer to the other, John 6, 28 and 29. He that doeth the will of him that sent me. Oh, you got you to gotta do this. You got to do that. You got to do good works. You got to do marvelous good works. You got to... You know, cast out demons. You got to do this, that, and the other thing. Just be nice to everybody. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, just answered that, not everyone that's in verse 21, the verse right before it, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, I think that would be judgment day, Lord, Lord, we have not have we not prophesied in thy name? They're making a case of why they should be have eternal life on that day or enter into the kingdom of heaven. They're making a case. In context, enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's their, that's their argument. My argument is I put my faith in the God of John 3:16. The best way I knew how. I believed it was a gift. I believed it was offered to everybody, and I took it the best way I knew how. And that's my argument. Jesus Christ, God of John 3.16. It's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, would have all men to be saved. Verse 22. Many saith to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? We, we were on television, screaming and yelling and whatever. Send us your money. And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. You know, when, when, uh, when Christ was walking on earth, there was a lot of demon stuff going on. Uh, anyway, read the book of Acts and you'll read a lot about what I'm talking about here. All right, verse 23. And then will I profess unto them. What's he going to say after they've touted their 
many wonderful works. End of verse 22. Beginning of verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I put my faith in Jesus Christ just like Abraham believed in God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. I believed in the God of John 3.16 and it counted unto me for righteousness. Abraham believed him so much he thought that in Hebrews it tells us that he thought Isaac was, was the Messiah and he was ready to offer him. He thought, okay, I'll be part of this. Uh, for other sacrifices, I guess I'll offer my son. And the Lord stopped him. But he's not saved because he was willing to offer his son. He was he he's saved because he was a believer in the coming Messiah. He was mistaken about his identity, and God stopped him. Verse 24. And and it but to him that worketh not, Romans 4 5, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counterfeit. That's my favorite name for Jesus. He that justifies the ungodly. Just as if I'd never sinned. In God's eyes, I have Christ's righteousness. I'm perfect. I'm white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Anyway, that's Old Testament, by the way. Which built his house. I will liken it. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will, like, will, I will liken him to a wise man that buildeth his house upon a rock. It's kind of a simile metaphor. And parable. And then rain descended, and the floods came, and winds blew, and abated upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Okay. Trusting Christ gives you eternal life. Your foundation is Jesus Christ. It will never fail you, even if you don't serve Him, which I would argue that most believers don't. Because of the cares of this world and because of tribulation, that people made fun of them or whatever. They don't. They feel foolish, whatever. I don't know why they don't share Christ. But I'm not in that group anymore. I've been there. But verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. So trust Christ. That's all I can say. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the loss thereof. So unbelievers, you're going to face a great loss in the future. When he says to you, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. What's ironic is that I've, I'm a worker of iniquity. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. If we say we have no sin, 1 John, there, we call God a liar. There's no truth in us. So all of sin and come short of the glory of God. That's the great thing about the Bible. It records all of our heroes' failures. David comes to mind. But not Christ. All right. Um, great was the fall of it. Boy, not getting into heaven is going to be really, really bad. Worse than losing your house. I lost my house in Hurricane Andrew, but it got rebuilt. There's no coming back from not trusting Christ. And standing before God and trying to convince them that your great works were good enough to save you. I'm sorry, they're not. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Knowing that a man is not just, this verse says six times that it's, it's by Christ and not by works. Acts 16, 
X, 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 oh my gosh, it's not X. Galatians 2.16, knowing that, Galatians 2.16, Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall all flesh be justified. Three times it says it's not of works, and three times it says it's by faith in Christ. So if you don't believe, that's your business. Verse 29, for, for he taught them, okay, verse 28. Great was the fall of it, end of verse 28. Great is the fall of your life if you don't trust Christ. Great. And you might think you could work your way there, but you're wrong. It, it, right in this very verse, that people love to use this chapter to say that it's of works. You know, if you don't have good, if you don't have good fruit, you're gonna be, you know, burnt. Whatever. That's like, there is fire that tries our works in heaven. At the judgment seat of Christ, and the good gold, silver, and precious stones hang on. Just like gold, they 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 throw away the dross and they keep the gold. But if all you got is dross, then well, you're in heaven. Good for you. It's a lot better than being in hell. Verse 29. For he taught them... Okay, verse 28. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, he's ended the Sermon on the Mount, the people were astonished at his doctrine. I told you when we started this, it's very important to identify who the audience is. And he's talking to a mixed crowd, some believers, some not, some Jewish, mostly Jewish, some not. The very next episode is when he leads a Roman centurion, not, well, uh, the man's servant is healed. And, and Jesus says, I've not seen so great faith. And that's just down the hill in Capernaum is the next episode. Verse 29, for, we, for he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Just in honor of A.T. Robertson, who I'm following his outline completely, although I did cover some from the former last episode just because I wanted to, to review a little bit. And I throw some stuff in there. He didn't go to John 6, uh, 28 and 29, but I, I wanted to. Uh, verse 1. Matthew chapter eight verse one. And when he came, when he come, and when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Okay, I'm just saying that audience is important. He's talking to a great multitude of which he has twelve apostles, another company of disciples. I've heard the number suggested about like 150, and maybe anyway. Um, and a great multitude of people. And in this great Galilean ministry, he had people from as far north as Syria, which is another country from Israel, north, Euphrates, etc., and all the way south of the Sea of Galilee, which is the southern end of uh, New Testament Israel. I, I guessed approximately, I forget, 8,000 square miles. I think that's what I came up with. Anyway, 
When he was come down from the mountain, that means he's by the Sea of Galilee, down by Capernaum, great multitudes followed him. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 43. Luke, so we're going to read the same episode from Luke's standpoint. It's just seven verses. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. For a good tree bringeth forth not, bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not grow, do not gather figs, nor from a bramble bush gather they grapes. Got to have grapevines, you got to have a fig tree. Okay, verse uh, 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. What I'm bringing out is the goodness of Jesus Christ. And he's the only one that was without sin. And therefore he could pay for the sins of the whole world, which he did 2,000 years ago. All right, uh, verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Like, I don't believe in me. Uh, Whoso cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show unto whom he is like. Like, Believe on him whom he has sent. Do that. Verse 48. He is like a man that builds his house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. Got to get down to that good solid rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon the rock. Other foundation can no man lay. Colossians 3.13. I'm not sure about that. Colossians 3.11. I think that's it. Other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he's the foundation. He's the foundation of my eternal life. He's the foundation of my Christian life. You're not a Christian without the foundation of Jesus Christ. And if you are a Christian, you vary in degrees of how well you serve the Lord. Verse 49. Last verse here. But he that heareth and doeth not, heareth but doesn't believe in him, is like a man without a foundation built a house. You don't have the foundation of Christ, you can try to build a beautiful house, but the first flood is going to wash it away. So you can build a beautiful life, you can have a ton of stuff, you know, whatever. Just, you know, I wonder what it would be like to be, you know, the richest man in the world and think, you know, I'm going to die one day. I ain't taking any of this with me. But some of them give it away, and I think in the hopes that they're you know, going to merit eternal life. God, I gave more money away than any human being ever did. doesn't pay for sin. That would elevate your giving gesture to that of the life of Christ, which there's no comparison. The price is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If you don't want to receive that, if you don't want that to count for you, your sins have already been paid for, ironically. But if you don't want it to count for you, like Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believed God and it was counted on him for righteousness. 
if you don't want Jesus's righteousness counted to your account, then that's the case if you don't believe in him. It's like a man without a foundation built a house without without Jesus Christ, and now you're going to go serve him? Without the foundation of Jesus Christ, you're doing that? I don't know. I don't, you're not going to be telling, you're not going to be sharing the gospel, the grace of God, I don't think. Against which the stream did violently, did vehemently, and which against which the stream did vehemently and immediately upon the earth, against which the house, the stream did vehemently and immediately I'm struggling with it, build a house without which upon against which the stream did vehemently and immediately it fell and it ruined and the ruin of it of that house was great. So I'm going to say, I'll look it up, but uh, I'll check it out. But I, I'm just having trouble getting that to make sense. But it, it's if you've got the foundation of Jesus Christ, your house is going to stand, no matter what, whatever comes. And these people are facing the Roman destruction of Jerusalem and the casting out of the Jews, believers and, and unbelievers. I think they all had to leave. Well, the original Palestinians were Jews, but anyway... Um, then the, uh, what else? Um, um, as soon as I got political, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but anyway, that's, that was, you check, check out what they called Jewish people in 47, 46, 45. They called them Palestinians. Anyway, um, he that, verse 49, but he that heareth and doeth not, it is like unto a man without a foundation. If you don't trust Christ, you're a man without a foundation. The life you have built has not been on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehement. There we go. Against which the stream, that's my dyslexia, I'm sorry. Against which the stream did vehemently did, did beat vehemently. I kept leaving out that word. And immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. I hope the ruin of your house is not great. But there's nothing more I can do for you. All right. Um, John chapter 6, verse 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him who he hath sent. Basically telling them they need to believe on Jesus Christ. And that is the only work that God will accept. The work completed by Christ at the cross for our sins. Okay, next podcast, Lord willing, is we're finally leaving episode 54. And we're going to episode 55. Jesus heals a centurion servant at Capernaum. And it's... Uh, let me see here if I can do the math. Looks like it's nine verses in Matthew chapter eight, and it is ten verses in Matthew chapter seven. Okay, I'm going to say adios, which is to God, and I'm going to say via con Dios, go with God. <laughs>